2: How you doing over there, Kluger?
0: Doing it's a, fantastic.
2: It's a lot. We've got uh, Benham and Woods here, and Adam Klug is filling in for Paulie Rindle. Do you have a newfound respect for Paulie Rindle and what he's able to to do throughout the show? Wait, boss answer. I always respect oh, yeah. the work that Paul did. I was right. about
3: to say no, because I know how much he does.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and oftentimes, you'll be texting him in the middle of the show for other things, which is crazy. Now you see all the things that he has to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Clip this segment for a promo, Adam. Yeah, if clip this. right now. I want we'll just put that Save in. that, please. Just
4: wear them out. I already out.
3: sent an air check to our sales did director? Look at you. Oh, All right. Okay, okay. Okay. All right,
4: so uh, AJ made a very AJ move yesterday, and this was not a surprise if you've been paying attention. Saw this one coming. Uh, Padres spent most of their international bonus money last month on Leo de Riz, the shortstop, Uh but... They had also talked about signing this 17-year-old pitcher out of Mexico, supposedly the top teenage arm in all of Mexico, affiliated with the Rojos Diablos, the Red Devils of Mexico City, who, of course, the Padres have a very close relationship uh, due to the ownership, people uh, you know, sharing ownership uh, of that team and the San Diego Padres. But because they spent so much money on DeVries, they didn't really have the money left over to sign Humberto Cruz. So in the last uh, you know week or so, A.J. dealt a couple of very young, low-level prospects <laughs> for other teams' bonus money. 700, and dealing $750,000 of bonus money, which was then committed yesterday to Humberto Cruz to make that signing official. So uh, now the, the Padres' class which also has, um, you can sign other players for under $10,000. They don't count against it, but the big names of this class will be Leo DeVries and Umberto Cruz. One position player, one pitcher, you know, neither likely to see the major leagues for several years. Uh, if everything goes well, that would be the best-case scenario. But uh, got their two targets, landed their two targets Good. in the international market. I would imagine at this point Padres are going to be pretty quiet. It's just going to be the lower-level signings, but they did get the two guys they were looking Good. for in the international market.
2: Always nice to get your uh, hit your target.
4: Yeah, you know? uh, fastball 90-94, to 94, which, of course, is not... Anything to uh, you know? Write home about He's in major league baseball, though. but he said, "Remember, seventeen, 17 years old throws yeah. a lot of
2: strikes." Is uh, what I read as well. You know, pounds the zone. So yeah, I mean, seventeen years old throwing ninety to ninety four. Uh, yeah, you can you can you can add a couple of ticks on that in a few years. That's got to be the
4: hardest part of the job, and and AJ gets a, a lot of praise for his his talent evaluation, but it's hard enough to evaluate guys who like played in the major leagues last year. And faced major league talent, really, like really hard. All right, can Matt Carpenter do it again this year? And right. You've got to make those decisions. Can Nelson Cruz have one more good year? Those weren't <laughs> particularly good decisions by AJ. That should be easy, at least, you know, compared to this. When you're talking about scouting 16 and 17 year olds, you're not just looking at well, look at that guy and he knows what he's doing. You have to imagine what they're. Body type is going to be, you know, how much is, was he a young, did he grow young and he's already pretty much at his full, you know, size or is he still going to spring up and this guy's got two or three more inches and he's going to add a lot of muscle. You've got to be able to project that the skills that you think they're going to add. I mean, yeah, he doesn't hit a lot of power now, but I think when he's 21 guy could be a 25, 30 home run hitter it's all kind of projections and dreams and imagining. Is this guy going to end up drawing 97-98, or is he going to top out at 95? That's a pretty big difference when it comes to Major League Baseball, and you've got to, you've got to kind of imagine on it and uh, you know, hopefully be right more than you're wrong in some of these evaluations.
2: Yeah, and, you know, listen, when it comes to the international bonus money, you know, A.J. did a good job years ago in collecting a lot of the guys that they wanted, the Morajones, the Michel Baez. I was just actually reading something on Michel Baez. It's a bummer that he didn't didn't hit for the San Diego Padres. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was lauded across baseball as almost one of those can't-miss guys. But we know it very well here in San Diego. Um, it's really a numbers game, right, Benny? Like, try to collect as many of those guys as you can for, for as cheaply as you can, I guess, in, in, with your international bonus pool money. And then... Hope that one of them gets there. Morahone is going to get another look this year. I haven't heard much about him out at camp this year. We'll take a look at him next week when we're out there. But, you know, five years going to spring training, we've seen him out there every year. And every year the the glove's popping. So uh, at some point one of these guys needs to hit. And you just you keep your nose down and keep collecting these dudes as much as you can. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Baez is one of those that no one thought he wouldn't make it and make it big in in the big leagues he was consensus across the board one of the best prospects need a
4: contestant for real or fake this is your chance to uh qualify for a trip to las vegas concert tickets to air supply call us right now the phone lines are open 833 288 eight eight973 3 get in now uh, we will play our game here in a couple of minutes 833 288 eight eight973 3 stand by real or fake on the way here on a throwback thursday of course we're now, less than five hours away uh, from the first game of the Cactus League schedule is the Padres and the Dodgers. 12 first pitch, 12 o'clock coverage here on 97.3 The Fan. Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr., who I understand is en route to the Peoria Sports Complex. He is living a little dangerously. I think so. From my, I I think p- so. Now, I understand why he had uh, oh, me one, too. one of his daughter's games he wanted to stick around for. He's going to be it. gone for a month, so you want to maximize the time with family, but he is now making that uh, somewhat dicey drive from San Diego to Peoria to step right into the broadcast booth. I, I so ner- I'm so nervous for him. I'm so nervous for him. See, now the luxury for Tony is he knows enough about the Padres. He can walk right in. Jesse's done a ton of prep. He's going to be absolutely fine. Even if he arrives one minute before the broadcast, Tony will be just fine. It's not going to uh, affect his Work performance, the quality of the broadcast, at all. He might be hungry if he didn't have time to stop for like a, a lunch or something. But you know, he will he will be fine on the broadcast today. So
2: we're going to talk to him. What time? Eight eight o'clock. Eight yeah, o'clock. He's going to join us. We just
4: found out he's going to check in. I guess from the road <laughs> uh, on his way to Peoria. So we'll get the uh, the first here for the first Padres broadcaster of the season here this morning. Holy on smokes! Benoids. I'm
2: telling you, that's the first thing I'm going to ask him. Like, are you are you out of your mind? You're you like. I'm I'm 2 hours early to everywhere I go and I end up sitting in the car and just waiting. But he's really pushing the envelope here. I'm very nervous for him. I mean don't him. get a ticket. Like he gets Don't get pulled a ticket, over. don't get a flat tire, he may not make oh it. Oh my god. Don't
4: run out of gas. Don't run out of gas. Probably don't have time for the Dateland Shake. Yeah. on the
2: way. Can't stop at the center of the universe no. and take Paul a little like Woods walk around. And Paul like to do. Yeah.
4: Lexico t- No. No detour for Calexico Barilla Tacos like, like Sammy. He's got to do the old straight
2: through. Oh, my Lord.
4: And, and make it there. Now, um, the Gambler co-host over here, did you find somewhere where you could bet on bet on today's game? Yeah, I took the uh, Padres even money. You're not getting any uh, odds or anything. Even money. Who's uh, going for the Dodgers? We know Joe has got an inning in him for the Padres, apparently.
2: Gavin Stone. One Gavin of their, Stone. Uh, one of their, he, he's been in the bigs.
4: And uh, they're not bringing Shohei Otani not bringing Yoshinobu Yamamoto to Peoria today. I don't know how many regulars. Usually you're supposed to bring four regulars. Is that right? That's the rule. That's kind of the unofficial, official rule of spring training. you got to bring four regulars with you. But, um, yeah, the the Dodgers will, uh, I'm sure, travel. Uh, Everyone's excited for that first game, though. So uh, Otani said he wants to get about 50 ABs in spring training, but that includes, like, (coughs) live BP sessions and... He's already had a few of them, so you're not going to see a ton, I'd imagine, of Shohei Ohtani in any spring games, and they'll probably save him mostly for the home games for you know the Dodgers fans. They're not going to take him across to Mesa or you know Scottsdale when they don't have to. He'll be he'll be at I, home most of the time.
2: I mean, with an investment like that, it just it's got to be nerve wracking. Just any time, any you know he's yeah, coming, coming off of a surgery, surgery like or, it's yeah. just like, bro, all right, I I love that you're doing this. I love that you're hitting all these bombs, but you tap the brakes a little bit. You know, um, but that, you know, listen, Xavier Scruggs, who we've had on the program, uh, was just talking about how we've never really seen this. Like, uh, you know, honestly, Babe Ruth was sucking down 14 hot dogs and whiskey and cokes and going out and hitting bombs. It was a different era. We've never really seen this in this era, so we don't really know how his body is going to respond. Um, you know, and, and, it's going to be really, really interesting on how they manage him. And, and it's the Dodgers. You know, you, They probably have a really good plan in place uh, to manage Shohei Otani. But it's it's just there's so many variables of what could happen, man. I, I, you're I, right. I wouldn't take him anywhere. I now, now, I
4: wonder, and we can get into it a little bit more, but he's going to be a DH, and that's it this season. Yeah. Uh, he won't play a, a second in the field. He won't pitch at all this year. Will that be t- tough, getting back into the groove after being a two-way player? the last couple of seasons, is just sitting there on the bench and being nothing but a DH going to be an adjustment for Shohei Ohtani again. I,
2: I have no idea. I hope it is. Yeah, I hope it's a terrible too. one. I hope he absolutely... Uh, grasping for straws. Yeah, yeah grasping a for straws. He's, had a, he's hit a home run on every single swing he's taken at, at batting practice so far.
4: All so. right, we got a contestant on the line. Let's get to a Throwback Thursday. Rays game of Real <laughs> or Fake
5: are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan.
4: Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. All right, uh, Mike is going to be playing for the uh, qualifying grand prize. nights stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino and two tickets to Air Supply. They'll be performing May 31st and June 1st at the Westgate International Theater. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. You can check out the $70 million in-room renovations at the Westgate, home of legendary Vegas fun. Mike, good morning to you.
3: Good morning, guys. Happy USA Beach-Russia day. There we go. Very nice. Well, to four, the uh,
4: The ice hockey anniversary. Yeah, 40 years? No. It was uh, 1980, 44. so 44 years 40 ago 40 years, today. Man. Wow. Thank you, Mike. Uh, uh, so you've got Woods on your team today. If you can get four out of seven right here on Real or Fake, we'll put you into the drawing for the grand prize. And in honor of game one of spring training, this is a Real or Fake only a Padres fan could really love. Even for Sam Levitt, there are more players in camp than any one person can keep track of. So today, I will give you a name. You tell me if they are a real, non-roster invitee currently in Major League camp with the San Diego Padres. Ooh, okay. Or a fake, in this case, inspired by Italian Paul yesterday, a driver who competed in last weekend's Daytona 500. Oh, I so, love this. real Padre or fake NASCAR driver? Mike, are you ready to play? Ready. All right. Round one: real or fake Padre in camp? Javian Sandridge, real or fake, Mike? And you can ask Woods for help if you uh, if you need it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I defer to you. <laughs> oh, <for> God <laughs> sakes, Javian
2: uh, Sandridge. God, he sounds like a baseball player. I'm going to say he's a NASCAR driver. I'm Mike, real or fake? He says fake. What do you sounds say? Sounds
4: like a drive, Sounds like a
3: driver to me too.
4: Let's go. Yeah, that's why I picked him. He's a real baseball <laughs> player, left-handed pitcher in camp with the San Diego Padres. <laughs> all right, we're fine. We got. It's all right, that's of just, time. One just one round. All right, let's go to round number two. Nate Mando. Nate mandu real or fake? Padre in camp. They're all on the Major League non-roster in T-List right. t- t- or actual drivers in the Daytona 500.
2: I think he's real. I think he's real. What do you think? What's... I'm going to just roll with whatever yeah. you say.
4: Mike, yeah. you say real? That's yeah. correct. Infielder in camp with the San Diego Padres. Great hands. Nate you Mondo. like Nate Mondo. He loves yeah.
2: got, He's got great hands.
4: All right, let's go. Round number three. Anthony Alfredo. Anthony Alfredo. Real or fake? Oh. Padre, Mike. Uh, I think he's a NASCAR guy. I'm
2: going to roll with you, Mike. He is nice. a NASCAR driver. That nice. is too
4: correct. You are halfway home as we head into round number four. <laughs> I think this one sounds pretty easy. Matt Festa. Matt Festa. Real or fake Padre? Mike?
3: Matt Festa. I
4: think, he's a, I think he's a real pitcher. Real pitcher? He says real. Adam? Correct. Right-handed pitcher in camp with the San Diego Padres. Red hot. All right, uh, let's go with Chandler Siegel. Chandler Siegel. Real or fake Padre, Mike? This would be for the win. Chandler Siegel. Uh,
3: I'm going to say real.
4: You're going to say real, and you would be absolutely correct. Chandler Siegel is the guy who's uh, behind Kyle Horashioka, behind Brett Sullivan, and behind uh, Kevin Plowecki, Oh, Plowecki, And, and Ke- Ke- but Sano. He's like the fifth catcher in camp for the San Diego Padres, which means you have qualified. Stay on the line. Adam will get your information in about 42 minutes when he's done doing everything else. So just be patient. We'll get all your information into the drawing for the trip to Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, last couple here for you, Woodsy. Uh, Kaz Gralla, Kaz Gralla is a Padre. Is a NASCAR driver. <laughs> and Nolan Watson. <laughs> oh, Padre. Padre. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, right-handed pitcher. You got that one right. All right. Good job, Mike. We got a winner today on Real or Fake. Don't Do This is coming up next. I'm going to call out our own profession for overblowing certain stories that don't need to be stories at all. Like Eric Hosmer's
2: podcast.
4: Well, that's I guess that would it's be fair. an example. Uh, I've got a different example for okay. you. But uh, we'll get to Don't Do This coming up next with Ben Woods after a check of traffic. You're on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
5: Don't do this. I got a little surprise for
3: your
4: name. Don't, don't do this. Listen, if I've I'm, if I'm something, something bad, I mean, tell me I'm a bad boy. You know, just tell me I'm a bad boy. Why? Just why? I get the argument. You don't have to explain it to me. I'm not a moron. Let me tell you why I am a dumbass.
5: <laughs> it's time for Don't Do This. Don't do this. On 97.3, The
4: Fan. I, I can officially say, don't do this. Not going to Craft Taco. No, oh, my Do God. do
2: this. Do do this. Go there. Go
4: to Kraft Taco in Sorrento Valley. We went there yesterday. Fantastic. Craft Taco. Some of the best quality tacos in all of San Diego. Go to thecrafttaco.com. Take a look at their happy hour specials today. Thecrafttaco.com. I have no idea what I'm going to order next time because I want everything again. Yeah, one of each. And we had one of each yesterday. Literally. Like one of each. All right. I am going to call out... Our industry, sports media. I feel like Adam's part of the problem here
2: as well. A huge part of the problem. Massive, we have, massive part of the problem. Yeah, uh, and,
4: and It's not your fault. You have a radio station that's on 24 hours a day. You have local programming. What do we have? 13, 14 hours of local programming every day now? 13 hours. 13. With Padres back, it's going to be even more. Yeah. Uh, it'll be maybe 18, 19 hours of local programming every single day.
3: Plus, might I add two hours on the weekends with the Brady That's right. Show.
4: So uh, you're constantly filling time, which means we have a tendency in this business to make mountains out of molehills. Or, in fact, they're not even molehills at all. They're nothing. We blow up stories that have no business being stories. And I actually saw two of them yesterday. The first one is... And I saw this story like on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. Charlie Woods is attempting to qualify to play in next week's PGA tour event in Florida. Would be the first PGA tour event of the 15 year old's young career. <laughs> All right, but the real story here, and you know, they're talking about he's following in his father's <laughs> footsteps, blah, blah blah. This is a huge moment. It's not. Anyone can play in a pre qualifier. Woods a, could play. in a You got a pre-qualifier. handicap. You got two hundred and fifty bucks. You can go tee it up yeah. in a pre qualifier, which is, by the way, really hard to get through. There's a lot of good players. Only the top four advance to then the Monday qualifier, which only the top four of that advance to the tournament. There's no way he's going to make it. It's good experience for him. Tiger can I'm sure afford the two hundred and fifty dollar entry fee for his son to get a little competition. There's no reason not to do it, but it's not a story. This Charlie not- Woods is playing in this tournament. Is it not though? He plays in all kinds of tournaments. He plays in junior
2: golf tournaments. He but plays this in is bigger a P- events than this. PGA qualifier. It's
4: a pre-pre qualifier <laughs> for a PGA tour event. It's that's all it is. It's is the other nothing. thing
2: we do in sports radio. I'm supposed to push back on you yes, and that's debate right. there you, about you about
4: debate pass. It's not it's like the number was the number one golf story in sports yesterday. It's not a big deal. If yeah. he makes it now, that's cool. That's a huge he gets story to play then. in the tournament. Any fifteen year old making it into a PGA tour event, it's not gonna make it. Yeah. It's really hard to do so. He's gonna have to play like the round of his life twice in a row yeah. to get into a PGA tour event. But then there's other stories like when someone unfollows their team on social media, we make a giant deal out of it. And Justin Fields was the guy who was the top NFL headline yesterday because someone noticed that on his Instagram account that he unfollowed both the Chicago Bears and the official NFL account. Trouble in paradise. Obviously, there's already been trouble and speculation that the Bears may be using uh, that number one draft pick that they got from the Carolina Panthers to take Caleb Williams. Um, However... He went on the uh, the St. Brown Brothers pro- podcast, uh, Equinemius and Amon Ra doing their thing, just like the Kelsey brothers do. And I think he had a perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable explanation. He said, I just don't want my timeline filled with a bunch of football right now. 100%? It's the off season. Everyone's speculating, obviously, about what's going to happen, and I don't need I don't need to see that every time I open Instagram yeah. should they take Caleb Williams video people talking about it NFL story speculation it's my off season just need a little break from all of it and the way to do that is I just I just unfollowed temporarily it's not a story who you follow and don't follow on social
2: media No not at all I mean and and you know he's protecting his he's protecting his mental's basically you know what yeah. I'm saying and and we've had this debate and and chatter on this station or on this uh this this show a long time i mean i've blocked people before and it's it's i'm not afraid of you i just don't want to see it anymore like i just don't want to read it anymore uh your social media by the way and i've said this before your social media ben is your house that's your house you get to decide what lunatics you want to let into your home and if you decide i don't want you in my house block them
4: he said, it's something I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess what? The the discourse is either keep fields. We want fields. Right. It's either draft Caleb Williams. I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just want it to be over. But he says, yes, of course. I want to stay. I can't see myself playing in another place. If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love the city. The city's lit. The fans are great. And the people. It's a business. I ain't got over control over it. Whatever happens, happens. It's a very healthy attitude that he's actually taken yeah. toward all of this. And nothing that should be the top NFL story at ESPN.com and SportsCenter <laughs> and NFL tonight and live. But because we have so much programming to fill, 24-hour channels, me, television, nuts, man. radio, networks, national, local, we grab onto these little things like they're, like they're important or they're revealing or they're something that should be talked about when really they shouldn't be talked about. And I feel bad that sometimes even we fall, we even fall for it because oh, we've yeah. got four hours to fill every single day, hundred percent, and we'll fall for it once or twice. But in this case, two stories that did not
2: need to be stories yesterday from the world of sports. D D yeah,
0: Mega doo Do. Uh, so
2: what do we what do we say all the time? What do I say, Ben? Consequences have actions. You do right? say that. <laughs> Well, listen, Uh, yesterday there was a piece that dropped in the Athletic, and it was the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates' turn to be in the crosshairs. Padres have had a lot of pieces written about them over the last couple of years, and I think for good reason. Uh, Talking about, and the the, the headline alone was, Why the the Pirates Keep Losing. They're comfortable being mediocre. And it goes into... That's generous. Very. It goes into detail about (laughs) player development. It goes into detail about their owner, Bob nutting and it goes into detail about their uh their drafting ability disability they have not been very good with all those high picks Benny they've gotten some players but um they just haven't developed them the well as well as they wanted to talking about the money that they spent so you see that come out yesterday You're like oh here they go man they are they are under the gun right now well this morning I guess you got to give them a little bit of credit they did just uh re-sign or or extend Mitch Keller, who is an absolute stud, uh, front of their rotation guy, and and locked him up. I think five year, seventy seven million dollar deal for Mitch Keller, who has some of the filthiest stuff in baseball, and gonna attempt to make a run now finally uh, again
4: keeping some of these guys at home in pittsburgh or the cynic will say and in a year and a half they will trade him yeah over yeah exactly line for younger cheaper players because they really don't have a chance to win but.
2: Uh, more breaking news in the world of baseball our beloved skip schumacher finally has a shortstop it is uh, shortstop tim anderson Miami Marlins an agreement on a one year five million dollar contract.
4: Can you reveal any of the private conversations you've had with Skip? He wanted to have a short. He wanted a shortstop at some point.
2: Yeah, he did.
4: Like most, most teams, most managers usually want to have a
2: shortstop on their team, and it, they
4: they didn't. So I, I and asked, now they do.
2: I asked him about it yesterday if they're getting them. And He said I don't know. He said uh, we we made the offer. He said he is my favorite bounce back candidate. In the league, we'll see. And I said, I love him, and I always have. And he said, Yeah, I mean, we need a shortstop. And I said, Oh well, my adult league team has a, a really good dude at short. I can't relate. So
3: the Marlins have been a rumored destination destination for a certain player in the
1: Padres. Does this take them out of the market?
2: Uh, the player Ha-Sung you're referring Kim? to is Ha Kim. I probably a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a one year deal. They both have one year remaining on their their deals right now. The Marlins or uh, Tim Anderson and Tim Hus- your bounce back kind
4: of candidate. He hasn't been that good since twenty twenty one. I I guess he was an all-star in twenty twenty two, although his OPS dipped almost a hundred points to seven thirty-four. Last year, five eighty two OPS, sixty OPS plus. Was he how many games did he play? Was he hundred and twenty three? Okay. No, no, I mean they, they, they threw him out there. He had uh a, a home run, uh, tw- twenty five uh, runs in. ah, ah and home run is it?
2: What's the article? It's a home run. A home run. I like Ta though, and I think uh, for five million bucks, no bad one year deal. He's a good
4: bounce back candidate in that. It's going to be hard to be that bad. Yeah, hundred percent high ceiling. Really hard to be as bad as he was last. year. I love year. it. Good pickup. They still got five million from a very cheap team. Yeah, and uh, one other baseball note: uh, Kodai Senga is expected to start the season on the injured list. With the Mets. He was uh, going through some testing to see if he had arm fatigue, which I'm not sure how that was. Oh, it's but... not
2: good. He's going to start the season on the IL. Yeah, That's I, yeah. I saw. Did you say that? I oh, just sorry. said that. Yes. I just was looking for Mets that. That's don't <laughs> do
4: do this. I just bend you. You did bend me for okay. a Thursday. Oh, we
2: got a starting lineup. Ah, we
4: can reveal that. I will and tease Bryce Miller you. will join us Ooh. when we come back. Oh, look at this. With Ben Woods on San Diego's Ooh. number one sports station. Oh, Ready my God. Let's read into all of this We've got Bryce Miller from the UT standing by talking about his conversation with one Bob Melvin, former Padres skipper, now manager of the San Francisco Giants at Spring Training Media Day. First, though, we do have a lineup for you for today's spring training opener here on 97.3 The Fan, Padres versus the Dodgers.
2: And it will start... Are you going to do it? Oh, go ahead. You want to do it? No, go no, go, no, no, go ahead. No, Take your, no, no. Shall we alternate? Whatever, no, just do whatever you want to do. It's fine. I'll just sit here. I'll just wait for Bryce. Go ahead.
4: You can react. How about you react to the lineup? All right. I'll do that. Uh, as any good lineup should, starts with a superstar Fernando Tatis Jr. in right field, Xander Bogarts batting second, playing second. That's interesting. Just it is. Second in the order. I don't know if it's, you know, I want to read too much into it, but uh, a spot where I could envision him being this season. Jake Cronenworth will bat third and play first base. Luis Camposano behind the plate, hitting cleanup. Hassan Kim is going to bat fifth and play shortstop. Uh, so not He was in on top three in the lineup a lot last year. He was? But fifth. I, you didn't see him at fifth a lot. You saw him down seventh, eighth. You saw him first, second. But fifth is different. The Jackson Merrill will start in left field and bat sixth Let's for go. the Padres. I love it. Eggie Rosario will be your third baseman and bat seventh. Cal Mitchell, the designated hitter, batting eighth. And Sugar, Jose Azokar, the center fielder, batting ninth with Joe Musgrove on the mound. So, you know, really, actually, probably a fairly representative lineup. Other than Manny, who is going to to sit, and Mike Schultz said he probably will get into a game fairly soon as a designated hitter, this is one of the better lineups you can put out right now for the San Diego Padres.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, the, that's
4: Until you add an outfielder, this is uh, this, this is, is this is the one. This is the you one. This is the one. You can say, well, maybe I'd rather see Tierso Nellis right. or um, you know someone else other than Cal Mitchell as your DH or Matt Batten, uh, but that's that's pretty much the lineup yeah. right now for the San Diego Padres. It's first day spring training. It's the first day. Yeah. So there's your lineup for today's game. We'll talk to Bryce Mitt, uh, Miller right after. Check traffic here on ninety seven three. The fan. You know, Woods and I were just joking during the break after uh, Kodai Senga is going to be put on the IL with fatigue said we both test positive for fatigue if yeah, there's such a test 100 percent. but uh, i almost feel embarrassed when we bring on our next guest i saw insurance open he was walking the course he's traveling he's going to spring training he's doing his job while he's battled his his own health challenges recently and still doing a, a terrific job it's good to welcome bryce miller back with us here on 97.3 the fan bryce good morning how are you feeling
3: uh good good enough to be in that lineup now outstanding that's
2: not saying a whole hell of a lot bryce to be honest (laughs) with you right now just
3: just a little pepper contact guy at the bottom, you know. Yeah, Somebody no. Just, just put the ball make, in play.
2: Yeah, make contact. Try to drive that run in that's from it. third with less, less than two outs. <laughs> Certainly, that's, I, I got, I got to right. tell you, I was, uh, I was yesterday when I was uh, looking at my, my phone, I saw, oh man, Bryce Miller just dropped a new piece, and he sat down with Bob Melvin. That was a bit of a surprise for me. How did this, uh, this come about? And were you, were you surprised that Bob wa- wa- was willing to sit down and, and chit chat for a while?
3: Um. It it came about because, you know, I wanted to just kind of do a, let's put a bow on this, how everything ended, and and see if there was more to understand about, you know, because we all kind of remember there was a point when the season ended that, you know, everybody had admitted there, you know, there was some choppy water, you know, between A.J. Preller and and Bob Melvin, and but they were going to sit down and have this kumbaya, and then they came out and publicly you know both said that it sounded like year three was going to happen and it was going to come together and then a couple weeks later he's he's with the Giants and so you know what turned what happened what changed I I just wanted to to see if he was willing to kind of open the door a bit on that and see if there were a few more answers there Uh, so I just texted him and and said tell me a day you think would work and so I went over to Scottsdale yesterday and uh, got with him. And was I surprised he talked um, maybe in some of that detail, but, but not really. I think Bob's always been, you know, at his core, he's a good person. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy. I know people are rolling their eyes hearing that. Cause it's about baseball. It's about winning games. You know, this is professional baseball. It's not, you know, who's a good guy and who isn't, but I think it, it goes to the core of answering your question of why he was willing to talk a little bit, because, you know, it's not like he called me up and said, "Come on over, I want to clear the air." Right. I mean, I had to kind of convince him to have that conversation, and his willingness to do it, I said, I think, says a little bit about him as a person, for sure.
4: Bryce, did you get the sense, and you know, the timeline being what it was, that, that this was Peter Seidler's wish? He respected the heck out of both of those men. And wanted them to work together and make it work. And, you know, they, they obviously knew more than we did the health challenges that Peter was going through. And they got that kind of directive like, we want, we, I want you to make this work. And I may not be around next season, but I want this to work. So they, they really did want to try to make it work. But, you know, ultimately they realized no matter what they did, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily ever going to be a good situation between the two of them.
3: Yeah, I think – um I don't know how much I, – I I just want to be transparent. I don't think I pushed enough to know whether Peter kind of demanded that they work together and make it work or just that his wishes were, you know, can we make this work? It would be great if we could make this work, that kind of feel to it. So I don't know. But he, he did want to try to, to make it work between those two guys. But I think one of Bob's points he made in the column, he, even on his mind, even though I think he wanted to be really clear – that he just didn't walk away from a challenge in San Diego. He didn't quit on the Padres. He didn't um, you know say one thing and do another in the sense, you know he wanted to make it clear that even even when they initially checked, the Giants asked permission. he wanted he wanted to stay. Um, but then that kind of sparked more conversation. I think the thing he said about, you know, I'm on a one year contract, and if anything starts to go wrong, given what happened the season before, That that becomes you know that becomes mushrooms and becomes more, and you know the fans don't need that and a clean break and a reset button probably was the right answer. So I think at the end of the day, no matter what the situation was, I think everybody involved probably thought turning the page was the right answer. And I know the Padres are thrilled to have Mike Schilt um, and Bob Melvin. You know he really understands the Bay Area. He's from there. He's got a lot of professional connections there and. So maybe it did work out for the best for
2: everybody. Talking to our pal Bryce Miller here from the UT on Bennett Woods this morning. And I do wonder, Bryce, as I, I remember the day that all of us gathered and, and went to the Zoom and, and sat down, and there was A.J. Preller, but there was no Bob Melvin, and it was, well, Bob's moving and he can't be on the end-of-the-year wrap-up. And right then, obviously, red flags go up. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be crazy to think there wasn't something going on. Where do you think that Zoom meeting fell in the timeline of all of this going down? You
3: know, to be honest, I have no idea, Um, because like I said, it was confusing at the end, or or at least externally it was confusing. Maybe internally they had a better handle on it, but it sounded like the message was, you know, this is again, here comes year three. You know, know, because that's a really small sample size. You have a couple of seasons and one of them is the most, given the circumstances, one of the most historic in franchise history given that they had to go to New York and play every game in New York and beat Scherzer and, and do what they did, beat the Dodgers in the playoffs to get to the NLCS. I, we obviously know about the World Series years, but you have one of the greatest seasons in franchise history followed by probably easily, given the circumstances, one of the most disappointing seasons. So that's, you know, if that's a report card, that's a, a 50-50 split in some ways. So you thought maybe maybe they would try another year. But, but you're right. It was confusing at the end to try to understand what the status was, what the plan was, and uh, it, it certainly changed um, when they had that conversation.
4: Bryce, there's a, a narrative out there that A.J. Preller is difficult to work for. And you know what? That that can sometimes be there are successful people who are difficult to work for. Yeah, but, Ben Higgins, uh, Adam Kluge. And, and I don't doubt it's true, just knowing A.J. the way – We know him a little bit. I I don't doubt that that is true, that he is a tough person. He's an all-hours sort of guy, and it can probably wear on some people. But I thought it was interesting what Bob Melvin said, that even if that may be true, that he wasn't at his best. I believe he used the word... uh, Crouchy. Cranky, Cranky. actually. Was it cranky? Cranky. He got got to be a little Mr. Cranky Pants at the end of the season at some point, and he took some responsibility for that.
3: Yeah, I thought he took some responsibility in two or three spots there. I mean, it wasn't like this was you know, him, you know, him being Bob Melvin, just saying, everything AJ did was wrong, you know, I was mistreated, I got kicked out the door. He admitted, I don't, you know, and it, I think it took some guts to do it, that he, I asked, you know, the panic button, did did you need to show more urgency sooner? And he goes, May, did I push that button? Did I wait too long? Talked about, do I, do I shred things and start over wholesale after the success we had a year before? you could really see him working through the internal doubts he had as he managed on how to handle it when they weren't winning. And in the same degree he said, you know, and I got to be honest, I, I pushed back at the end and I was cranky and I don't feel good about that in terms of his relations relationship with AJ. So I think it all made it, it made the whole thing feel more honest because he, he, you know, he was critical of himself in moments, uh, but he also tried to explain, I think again, the most important thing that that he wanted to stay if he could, because he didn't want the sense that he walked away from a challenge or he was gonna not live up to his contractual obligations
2: no, I think that's fair and listen at the end of every relationship it it there's a reason that it ended you know and and people go their own ways and people have different versions to their story. I think I really do it's one of those weird situations at, at least as we sit right here today, Bryce where Feels like everybody is for the better. You know, I mean, Ben and I had a conversation yesterday at lunch about, because I had said last week, I'm a big Bob Melvin guy. I just, I love him as a person. He was a great man, very kind, uh, very thoughtful, and, and I just respect him, and we had heard so many great things about him, his communication, and... You know, I, 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 we, we said maybe he just wasn't the right guy for this team, as it were. But that's also the team he took to the playoffs the year before, and you know, and right. and, and so it's right. just, you know, I know you and I were were chatting a little bit online yesterday. He didn't forget how to manage in one-run games. It just didn't break no. his way. And I just feel like right, right now everybody gets a clean slate. I wish him well, uh, but not, not very well, you know, record-wise. <laughs> I wish him well in his yeah. health and things like that, in his personal yeah. life, but certainly not record-wise. You don't want to beat him every time we play him. But uh, I do feel like it's, it's kind of everyone's kind of come to the top on this thing, and, and it's going to work out better for both.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are times in life when things can be contentious and awkward and disappointing, and then it it does work out for both sides. I mean, this very well could be the case. It, it's so hard, I think, to judge Bob Melvin for last season because last season was unlike any other, uh, almost in Padres history and in, in a lot of ways and more broadly in baseball Um Uh, Mike Schilt used the phrase last year when I wrote about it, the baseball Beatles, when you had Juan Soto, and then you bring in Xander Bogarts and you already had Machado and you already had Tatis. And you had that rotation, which at that point, you know, included Blake Snell and Josh as the closer. It was just so much talent and money assembled in one room that how do you manage that? I mean, you can't train for that by being successful in Oakland. I mean, they didn't have those kind of names and stars and, and there were clearly some personality conflicts. It wasn't clear whether there was enough oxygen in the room for Manny Machado and Juan Soto. It wasn't clear, uh, you know, across the board how Xander Bogarts felt about how he fitted in, into this in terms of what, where his voice is among that group. And um, talking to Joe Musgrove the other day for something I wrote, it just feels like it's more focused on baseball. It's more normal, traditional routine um and again not to use that phrase over and over but uh, they get to hit the reset button so at the end of the day it really could work out for both teams
4: in reading your column bryce uh, you could you could see the internal conflict of last season for bob going (coughs) my instinct is to not panic to be patient to trust that everything's going to play out and then in hindsight realizing now that I know it didn't work out, I should have done something really quickly to adjust to what wasn't going well early in the season. But I, one of the the catchphrases that Mike Schilt has used already in spring, you've probably heard him say it is, "We need to be elite adjusters," and yeah. I think that's almost in direct response to what they didn't do last season, and that was they never really adjusted to anything. Uh, You know, they always trusted that the back of the baseball card.
2: Yep, trust the process. In
4: the long run, everything was going to work out the way it was supposed to. Let's not react to anything. And now, you know, I think Mike is kind of setting the the mindset. Don't get spooked if we change some things as we go. Because we need to be elite adjusters, and we can't always simply trust that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to.
3: I think that's a really smart way to approach it. I mean you can't be so set in your ways and worried about egos and walking on eggshells you can't make the best baseball decisions um i'm not saying that's what where bob found himself i think he was more i trusted what we did the year before so i don't want to completely blow that up Um, but looking back hindsight you know he said now that it didn't work to your point maybe we should have done something done something sooner but the front office can look back in hindsight and say, we didn't get anything for Blake Snell, and he walked. We didn't get anything for Josh Hader, and he walked. Which Should we have done something sooner? And then they do do something with Juan Soto. So those decisions in the moment are a lot tougher than they are when we all look back at them. But, yeah, that internal conflict, you definitely felt it.
4: Bryce, good column. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Are you still out in Arizona or are you back, back home?
3: No, I'm in Arizona. I'm standing outside the batting cage and looking at your your spot where you guys are. The we, 97.
4: We will be there on Monday morning. So keep it warm wi- for it's us. W-
3: it's wide open.
4: Uh, outstanding, uh, Bryce Miller, uh, Union Tribune. Thank you so much, Bryce. Thanks, brother. You got it. I would uh, I would go so far as to venture that Bob Melvin would not have asked Xander Bogarts to change positions. Correct. That's too big. That was too big of a leap. That was too much to. He wanted to appease his stars. Oh, you don't want to bat second? We won't bat you second. You don't want to play here? We're not going to play you here. Mike Schilt has come with the attitude, yeah, we're going to change some things. We're going to do some things. We're going to ask you to do some things that maybe the previous manager did not ask you to do, and he's already started it right away with a giant move in spring training by switching Hassan Kim and Xander Bogarts. I think that sets a bit of a tone as to the different kind of ship that Mike Schilt will be running compared to the one that Bob Melvin did, which was a very
2: player-friendly ship. What about it? Mike Schilt runs a tighter... Mike Schilt. Schilt... Schilt. Schilt. runs a tighter ship. Right? That's correct. Schilt's ship. He runs a different ship. Okay.
4: Maybe tighter, too. Yeah. I mean, Bob had a reputation of being player-friendly. Oh, yeah. I know oh, he was player-friendly. He did not... He did not necessarily get them. He didn't want to get them out of their comfort zones. He thought the comfort zone was where players succeed the best. So he tried to keep them in their comfort zone. Mike Schilt doesn't seem like he's as concerned about comfort zones. He's more concerned about what's the best product we can put on the field. And we're might have to ask you to do some things that are a little outside of the norm to make that happen for us. Different positions, different spots in the lineup. Everything's on the table. With Mike Schilt, where it felt like Bob Melvin was managing with a couple of hands tied behind his back. Sure, last season to try to keep his players happy and you know in a good headspace. Well, what did good headspace do for them last year?
2: We didn't have a good headspace. throughout the entire season. No one did. No one did. But uh, winning
4: puts you in a good headspace. As it turns out,
2: yeah, winning cures everything.
4: Not where you bat in the order. Right, winning is what puts you in a good headspace.
2: Yeah, Dan says nothing against Bo Mel. I think Schilt's a better fit. I do too. I do too. I really do. It doesn't mean I'm gonna. Going to trash Bob Melvin on his way out of town. He's a great man with a great reputation, and uh, like I said, wish him wish him a lot of of luck and and health and happiness, but n- not at our expense. Certainly.
4: Speaking of the uh, position change coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods, we will hear some of Sammy Levitt's interview with Xander Bogarts that took place yesterday. Uh, we will also, I, I teased it and we never got to it yesterday. Jason Starks' column in the Athletic about uh, thirty one anonymous like GMs and execs. Pulled on big questions oh, of the yeah, offseason: yeah. the winners, the losers. Padres play into it in a couple of places. Dodgers obviously get a lot of talk in it, but there were some interesting observations made under the cloak of anonymity. Tony Gwynn Jr. next, yeah, and Tony Wynn Jr. coming That's up right. next, yes, from the road on the way to Peoria in the first game of the season. All coming up, you do not want to go away. Ben and Woods continuing here on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan.